The By the Hood podcast is brought to you by the book, Own Your Time and Space, written by Corey Camp and Jimmy the Blueprint Williams. All throughout history, you will see time and space as having significant importance, but never discussed as it will be in this book. You can learn the true importance of time and space and how having a better understanding of these concepts can lead to a better life. It deals with ownership of not only your time, but the space around you. You can get your copy at ownyourtimeandspace.com or you can go right to Amazon and look up Own Your Time and Space. What's up, people? Welcome to this episode of the By the Hood webcast slash podcast because I don't know how you're consuming this content. I'm your host as always. This is Jimmy and um, my brother Corey is in the building. Corey, how are you, sir? What's going on, Jim? How you feeling? I mean, I can't complain. Ain't nobody listening. I'm fair and partly cloudy, but I'm happy to be back here, man, with another episode. This is episode like 27, 20, somewhere around there. Well, we're keeping the content flowing out by highlighting brothers and sisters who are doing great work in the community, building businesses and helping our people all across the world. And this episode is unlike any other. We have a very special guest in the building. We got the brother Tosin Odawule, who's a has his own company, Odawule Enterprises. He's a real estate investor. He creates content. Uh, he has a show called The Daily Hustle that I watch on YouTube. Um, he also does work with the uh, JMA Academy as well as the Tulsa Real Estate Fund. So he's doing all kinds of great work out there. And we just want to uh, bring him on and you know have a conversation with him briefly. So how are you, sir? Uh, I'm doing well. It's, it's a pleasure to be on your platform. Man. I've been watching you guys for a while. And uh, it, it's just, just a pleasure just to be able to have a conversation with you guys. Oh man, we appreciate that, man. Listen, so let's just jump right into it. Um, let's let's go back into your background. Where are you from? Um, and how did you get to this point where you recognize that hey, you know, I want to get into real estate investment, business development, and do all these amazing things you're doing now? Where did where'd your story start? So I mean, I was born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, grew up between St. Louis and Chicago. My parents are Nigerian. They came here from Nigeria when they were young. My dad came when he was around seventeen. Uh, my mom came in her early twenties. And uh, they specifically came here because just the opportunities to get into business and to own property, you just have certain opportunities that are set up here that are not in Nigeria. So, you know, their whole idea for I in the United States was like, yo, we're going to go there and we're going to get it. And we're going to give birth to our kids there so they can have the citizenship and they don't have to go through the same nonsense that they went through coming up and growing up in West Africa. So that was just kind of energy growing up when I was a kid. It was just always my parents were always you know, starting businesses. My mom had um, a company where she, it was called Contemporary African Fashions, where she uh, she sold African clothes for like weddings, people that was having like anniversaries and stuff like that. And that was how she kind of uh, had the money to take care of us as I was younger. And my dad, he was, uh, he came here to be an architect. That didn't really work out well. So he bought like a, a small office building when he was like 25, where he was going to um, have his business in one of the units and he was going to rent out the other office space like other companies. Um, that didn't really work that well. He, that, that company ended up going bankrupt and he ended up having to sell that property and stuff like that. But they kind of always just said, hey, you know, we need you guys to learn how to like own assets and, and be a boss or be an employer and, and stuff like that. So that was just kind of energy that was heavy in the household growing up. You know, they, they didn't really let us get away from that at all. Oh, that's dope. So this is something that's kind of like been bred into you. They've been putting that energy out there since you were a kid. So you were like in, uh, engrossed in that at a young age. Yeah. I mean, when I was 10 years old, you know, my mom, she had a rule that um, we can only get one pair of shoes a year. Right. So since I used to be outside, I was outside every day. So my shoes would get beat up before that year was up. So, you know, my shoes was always looking terrible and the soles was coming off and 
I had an older cousin. He used to always make fun of me and tell me that, that my shoes was talking. And, you know, he would take <laughs> my shoes and do like a bench yeah. twist and be like, oh, talk your shoes. And so it kind of really hurt me. So I was like, yo, I'm, I'm, I'm going to figure out how to buy my own shoes. So I started, like, going to the elderly people in the neighborhood and people that I knew couldn't do any housework. And I will say, hey, can I, like, you know, cut your grass or rake your leaves or shovel your snow for $10, $15? And that was how I got like my first amount of money. And I bought my first pair of shoes with just some Chuck Taylors. And so from there, that was when I kind of realized that, okay, I don't really need my parents to like give me money or to like, you know, ask them for money to buy McDonald's or whatever. If I needed something, I would just go knocking on doors and just trying to figure out who I could get to pay me something to do some housework around their house. Yeah. So that you, you got, you was hustling as a young kid. I mean, and we all kind of got that story. I did everything from the lemonade stand, um, you know, shoveling snow, all that kind of stuff. And what I realized as a kid is, it's different when you earn your own versus someone giving it to you. Yo, you know what I'm saying? And you also hold on to it different too. Like, you know what I mean? Mom, give me money. I'm going to go blow that. But when you earn your own, you, you, you squeeze, to squeeze them dollars, right? Yeah, yeah, most definitely. So yeah, that was kind of how it was. You know, I got into BMX biking when I was like 11 and 12. And, uh, you know, like the mongooses and the dinos and the GTs. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Those would be like $200. And so my, my mom wasn't giving me $200 to buy a bike. So it was like, okay, I got to go out there and, and rake the yards of like eight lawns. Like I had $200, like I could go buy a dyno. So that was how, like, you know, that's how I was buying my bikes, you know. And, um, you know, at, at that time, it was just more of just buying the things that would just satisfy my childhood. Just want to have fun, ride my bikes around, be able to buy McDonald's or buy food or, you know, mm-hmm. buy my little caps, stuff like that. It, I wasn't really thinking that this is how you should live your life. It was just like, okay. I know my mom's not going to give me this money if it's not for something important or if it's not something that's like school related, mm-hmm. but I, you know, yeah. this is, this is how I'm going to get it. So let me ask you a question. So moving forward, um, you know, did you attend college? And uh, so how'd that whole process go? Yeah. So when I was, when I was like 14, I, I was getting into a lot of trouble in St. Louis from like the ages of 11 to 14, I was getting in a lot of trouble. Uh, you could call call me a juvenile delinquent. You know, my first time in juvenile hall, I was 11 years old, and I went like probably three or four times that year. And so, when I was 14, my dad he um he he decided to send me to a boarding school in England. And so, okay. uh, they pulled me from from a uh, ninth grade. I was probably in ninth grade for like two or three months. Uh, I got to a fight at school, and I got suspended for like four days. So, on my suspension, before my suspension was up, my pops was like, "Yeah, we're gonna take you out the country." Took me to England. I was in a boarding school there for like three months, uh, ended up getting expelled out of that school. And then that was when my dad was like, okay, bump all that. We're going to send you to Africa. And so they sent me to a boarding school in Africa. I was out for like five years before I came back to go to college when I was 20. And then, um, you know, my last year of high school, it was, well, it was actually the last semester. Um, I didn't know. So I took my SATs out there and my dad started filling out college applications for me. So before I graduated high school, I got an acceptance letter to college here in the States. So I'm thinking, okay, I got accepted to college already. I'm not going to class no more. Like I'm already. (laughs) Yeah, I got you. Yeah. So I'm like, forget all them classes. I'm just chilling the dorms. And that's when I started reading books. So I started, that was when I first read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which I think is a book that everybody kind of got started on, you know, and um, I read like that whole series, The Cashflow Quadrant. Um, and just, just all those books that kind of focus around real estate and owning assets. So, you know, when I came back to the States at 20, my mind, I was just hardwired. I was like, yo, I got to buy property. How do I buy property? What does that look like? 
And so I came back at 20, started going to college. Um, wasn't really taking college that I really didn't do well throughout my entire, entire college career. I did enough just to pass. And, um, you know, I was just really just trying to figure out how to make money, how to buy real estate. Um, I was buying all those little nonsense programs to, you know, buy pennies for, uh, buy houses for pennies on the dollar. Yeah. You know, I was getting tricked, right? You know? So it took me like five, between like five to eight years before I really figured out anything that was substantial to get into real estate as far as what I wanted to get into. Because as far as my mom, like my mom, she had bought single family houses in the hood. She, you know, buy them for cheap rent them out to like elderly people and stuff like that. But um, she never really did it on the level that I wanted to do, which was buy like multifamily property and apartment buildings and stuff like that. So there was only so much she could tell me, even though she really wanted me to get some game. It was just so, it was just so much game she could tell me. Yeah. So it took me like probably almost 10 years trying to figure that out by myself, you know, and then um, I had moved to New Jersey Thousands. My my dad had moved out there in the '90s when him and my parents had split. So I moved out there with him, transferred to a school out there, and, and just re- that's when I really got into the real estate business. Is when I was in New Jersey, and I started wholesaling, started really networking with investors, getting my name known. Um, did a couple community service projects where you know we were building houses for the homeless. That got me some media attention. And it really just gave me that platform to where I could step out and say, okay, I'm ready to start buying stuff, flipping stuff. And then, uh, you know, I bought my first piece of property from the city of Newark for $1,000. Nice. Because they had, a program, they had a program to where they was like, if you're a real estate investor, and you're going to redevelop the worst parts of our city and make these things beautiful, we'll basically give you the property. You know, so they gave it to me for $1,000. And uh, I just began like, you know, being, putting on my real estate developer hat. Okay. You know, um, that's really kind of where I kind of, or the other ones that I have with, you know, business development, because business development in a nutshell, it's you bringing together all the different pieces and aspects of a business to grow it and make it work. So you learn, you're not going to learn that in any better way than when you're trying to build uh, a property on a piece of land where there's nothing because you got to get electricians together, contractors, you got to get permits, licenses, uh, you got to get plumbers. There's so many people that you got to get together on one accord to get this thing achieved. Mm-hmm. You, by default, you learn how to develop a system or develop a business. And That's so, interesting. That's interesting. So you're saying that working in real estate and building a property from scratch gives you the same skills that you can just apply to a different business as a business developer any business in any business because you literally like i'm not a plumber i'm not an electrician i don't know how to do that so i gotta find somebody who does i gotta make sure that number one he's qualified how much money is he gonna take to be a good job for me so that i'm not looking crazy and then i gotta do the same thing with seven other people Mm -hmm. and you gotta get your permits you gotta get your architectural plans approved by the zoning department that could take months you know, they don't know who the hell you are. So you got to make them feel comfortable with, you know, passing these things in a, a, a time that makes sense for your construction uh, time, time or whatever. And so, like, you know, you're, you're going to have to deal with that type of process in any business you're in, whether you're selling toilet paper, whether you're a barber, whether you're selling T-shirts or whatever. So I think that is what really gave me that springboard. And then I just started applying that to other businesses and telling other businesses, look, if you pay me, I'll help you develop what you got going on. You know, that's interesting because 
I always tell people that um, working in real estate is almost like going to business school. I've never even thought about it that way because I always tell people, even on the other side of administration, say business administration, it's a little bit different than development. Um, real estate prepares you for that as well. You start, you work with numbers sort of like an, on an accounting side in terms of dealing with people and paperwork, like all of those things that are like more administrative and not development. Real estate gives you that too. So real estate actually gives you the full gamut of business within one like, you know, yeah. So that's amazing when you think about it that way. Yeah, I mean, and the, the thing about real estate is that no matter what business you're in, if you're on planet Earth, it's taking place on some real estate. Yeah, true. Yeah, we Absolutely. talk about that all yeah. the time. Yeah, that's how we started most of our presentations. We say, hey, who lives somewhere? And everybody raise their hand. Who works somewhere? All right, good. No way to be in business. No way to get away from it. No way to get away from it. So any business, there's going to be a real estate piece or a real estate factor that's somewhere in that fabric of getting what you got going off the ground. So that was really what kind of helped me get started and kind of just have that confidence to get out there and go into other industries and mm -hmm. things happen. Absolutely. So I see that you um, also do work with, uh, you know, Jay Morrison or JMA Academy as well as the Tulsa Real Estate Fund. How did that uh, partnership come together with you doing work with them? Uh, it came about if I moved to New Jersey, I knew I wanted to do real estate out there as well as go to school. And uh, I just didn't really know anybody in that area. So I, I put a, a status on my Facebook back in like 2010. And it was just basically like, hey, do any of my friends invest in real estate or know anybody that does invest in real estate? And uh, there was this girl that was kind of in my college circle. We didn't really know each other that well. But, you know, the whole college space in North New Jersey is very small. So we knew of each other from like parties and stuff like that. And she said, yeah, I know somebody, I work for somebody who's in real estate. I could set up a meeting. So I'm like, okay, cool. So that person happened to be Jay Morrison. He was still a, a real estate agent at that time. And so, um, you know, he came to my house. Uh, when he first pulled up, he pulled up in a, a BMW on 22s. You know, he hopped out. He had a chinchilla on. and <laughs> <laughs> He was stunting hard. I'm like, this is the dude that's going to teach me real estate? <laughs> I'm like, he look like he's free. But I'm like, all right, hey, if somebody going to information, I'm not going to shoot it down. So, no doubt. you know, we sat in my living room. You know, he had told me, he's like, yo, if you want to get a mortgage to buy real estate, you need not just – because I had $10,000 in cash at that point in time. So I thought that was all I needed to be able to, you know, put a down payment on something. Yeah. He was like, he was like nah, you need two years of tax returns. You need a credit score of at least, you know, a 620. I didn't even know what my credit score was. Mm -hmm. So I don't have tax returns. I don't know, know what my credit score is. All I got is 10K. Yeah. So at that point in time, it was like, okay, I can't buy anything according to these terms and these parameters. So I just thanked him for his time. I'm like, hey, I, I appreciate your time. We shook hands and that was it. And so uh, I ran into him again three years later. Uh, I was in a situation where I was incarcerated. And um, I was laying on my bunk in prison in Illinois, in the Illinois Department of Corrections. And I was watching, you know, the real estate TV. Yeah. TV shows and stuff. And open house. And this guy comes on the screen and they say his name is Jay Morrison. And I'm looking at the screen. I'm like, yo, this dude look familiar. Like, I think I've seen this dude before. I'm like, is this the dude that was in my house? And then all the properties he was showing people was in New Jersey. So I'm like, yo, that's him. So in my mind, I'm like, damn, like, he must have came up. What happened in the last three years that now he's on national TV? So, you know, I ended up winning my appeal. I got released early, and I came back to New Jersey. And then I Googled him and saw that he had uh, something called the Jay Morrison Academy. So I'm like, all right, 
if if there's an academy or some training course where I could get some knowledge, I'm going to just join it. So I joined it, went through the courses. I mean, majority of everything that was in that an initial course that they had, I kind of already learned already and knew already. Mm-hmm. But I was like, it doesn't hurt to get information just, you know, uh, you know, coming back again just to get more familiar with things. And then um, I sent them an email when I was done with the course. I was teaching and stuff like that. Can I intern? So uh, Chris Darden, Chris Darden was actually the man behind the Jay Morrison Academy back then. He was running a lot of the back end stuff. Chris Darden out of uh, Norristown, Pennsylvania. Yeah. So he had sent me and said, um, you know, did you want to intern? I said, yeah, sure. You know, I'm fresh out. I ain't got nothing to do. You know, sure. So I started interning, was working there like free for like two years uh, and really just helping like a lot of community events we was doing in Jersey. And then as I started doing my own deals outside of the academy and kind of getting my own stain, I was like, hey, I, I could bring some more stuff to the table. And then that was when I kind of came on in, in a, a business development um, fashion and kind of helped them like kind of build out new products, new courses, uh, collaborations with other companies. That That's really what I did at JMA was help grow the business and kind of get the company in the eyes of people who didn't know who we were or who didn't even want to do business with us at all yeah. we'll just convince them to say hey we gotta figure something out yeah there's a couple of gems in there right so the first thing is um and i appreciate you for sharing your story but what's amazing about your story to me is that um you talk about the mistakes you made right but nonetheless you're still here and you're prospering now but you know so you persevered through a lot of things so perseverance is one um two you brought value to the table you went and intern for free Without for asking, yeah, and some people aren't willing to do that, but that shows that 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 goes back to that hustle and that mentality, right? So you play the long game, you you, yeah. but you brought value to the table. So a lot of times people try to just you know they think things should be handed to them and things should be given to them, but they never really bring value to the table. So it's about the value you bring. You brought value, and now you're in a capacity where you know you're doing you're working with as opposed to just interning. So that's that's dope. So, yeah, so, I, you know, as far as my, my situation and my trials and tribulations, I'd actually got uh, convicted for a crime I didn't commit. So I was an innocent man in prison. Mm-hmm. And so the way I would get out early is that when I filed my appeal, the appeal judges, they reviewed all the evidence and, and they set a mandate that said I, need, I needed to be released immediately because they saw that I was, I was done wrong. Okay. And so that was that situation I shouldn't have never been in. I went to prison because I wrote, I wrote rap lyrics that were violent. Wow. 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 I used to be a rapper when I was younger. You know, I did songs with Project Pat. You know, I was performing on TV, stuff like that. And so I, I was actually sent to prison because of rap lyrics. And um, so when I got out of that, I said, you say, you know what? I'm not I don't really want to be in music anymore. I kind of got a, I got a bad taste in my mouth from that. But at heart, I'm a businessman. And so that's when I really just went hard in, you know, trying to segue my way into just all things business. And that's kind of what brought me to that space. And, you know, I built a huge investor list in New Jersey, and I helped a lot of investors make a lot of money in New Jersey, but I wasn't making a lot. I was making peanuts because I was putting the deals together for them, negotiating the deals for them, and then they were going to make 80, 90 grand on deals, and I would get 1500 2000 And, you know, I figured, I was like, okay, I did this deal myself. So I got to figure out how I can get enough money so that I can be the one that is acquiring the deal, rehabbing the deal, flipping the deal, and just put myself in that position. 
And so uh, I did that, made a little bit of money. Then I ended up buying a sports bar in, in Manhattan in the East Village in 2016, Dirt and Bar. Um, I was in the restaurant business for about six months. Didn't really like it. It's a very tough business. It's a really tough cutthroat business. You don't got to tell me. I, I owned the bar. <laughs> yeah. And I, I was like, yeah, no, this is not for me. Same about the same amount of time, about six to eight months. I was like, yeah, this is, yeah, no. <laughs> I ended up, you know, selling that and I broke even, you know, I lost a lot of money in the beginning, but when I, when I sold, I was able to kind of just break even everything that I put in, I got back on the exit. I didn't make a profit. I wasn't balling, but I got out with my shirt. You know, like I was able to live to fight another day, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, but that's another lesson right there, right? So I'm picking up all these gems as you talk and that's the fact that you're willing to just get in there and do something, right? And you, even though you figure out like this isn't for me, there's something to be said about taking action. So um, I was having a conversation that we had, we did a presentation this past week in the community and I was telling someone, don't be those people who like constantly come back and say, hey, give me another book to read so I can figure this out. And you've read 10,000 books and haven't taken one step. The best way to learn is to actually get out there and take action, right? So even though you found out, like, you know, owning that restaurant wasn't for you, I'm pretty sure you've learned something through that experience of taking action. Yeah, I mean, I learned a lot, and I also met a lot of people. So when you have a bar or a restaurant, that's a platform. People come, and they want to work with you, and they want to know you. So I built a, a, a ton of relationships that I was able to kind of capitalize on going forward, even though I wasn't in the restaurant business and anymore that was kind of proof to people knowing that I, that I can run an organization I could run an operation and you know the people I met in that was just coming in there on happy hour I've done deals with going forward in other industries that had nothing to do with real estate or the restaurant business so even though I didn't really make any money in it it put me in a situation to where I was able to make relationships that was able to carry me on to the future that's dope that's dope so um you know how did you get, so let's move forward. I know you have the, your, your, your media part that you're doing with your business as well with the Daily Hustle. How did that idea come about and what is your vision for the Daily Hustle? Man, it, it came about because when I was just looking back at all the stuff I was going through, all the hits I was taking, but also all the licks I was hitting, all the things that was working out well. And I was like, if people could really see how, this, how these things actually work and it's not a, oh, I got a suit on and I go into an office and I run this business and they see like, no, Sometimes you want sweatpants, you want abandoned houses, you talking to people that don't take you seriously. Uh, you're losing out on more deals than we actually get to click. And I was like, if people can actually see this in real time, that would be interesting. I, I know I would want to see that. And so it was just a situation where I was like, let me see if I get a cameraman and just have him just follow me around, just be a fly on the wall. And whatever you see, we just going to edit that out and we're going to put it out, whether it's good, whether it's bad. Whatever happened that day or that week, we just going to make it into an episode so people can see what that daily hustle is like, you know, because it's a grind. It's not just, oh, I read a book. I got some game. I closed 10 deals. Like, no, you read a book. You tried to do something. You didn't understand, understand what you first read, so you messed it up. You know, you made yourself look crazy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you brought yeah. some bad deals to the table. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because that's the thing about it, right? I, I tell people, I, you know, in my daily conversation, because I'm talking about real estate and finance every day, I tell people that um, I've made pretty much every mistake there is to make. I've been in landlord-tenant court. I've lost property. I've done every mistake there is to make. But that's why now I'm comfortable doing deals because I learned from the mistakes. 
I said, I yeah. think it's a, it's a, it's a spot. I don't, I don't know if we could like do something on Instagram or, or YouTube or something like where you get people to come on and just tell you the worst deal, or the worst mistake they made. Right. Since everybody yeah. wants to show you all the good stuff. Right. I could show you the before and after pictures of a flip that I did very well. But sure. a lot of people aren't willing to share those mistakes they made because, you know, they feel some type way about it. But we've all made the mistakes. But that's, that's how you grow. Right. So that's how you grow. So I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's um, just in, in the world that we live in now, um, it's, it's kind of embarrassing to show where you, made, where you made a dumb decision or you made a mistake. And because, you know, everybody's showing everything being good, you don't want to be left out. And, be, and, you know, when we look at you, we're seeing how you messed up a million times, but we look over at him and he just seemed to be hitting a lotto every single time he rolled a dice. And so people want to just, you know, go with the Joneses and say, oh, yeah, it's all good for me too. But I just felt like if I could show you where I actually took L's and why I actually you'll trust more long term. And if I do want you to be a client, I'm gonna make money off of you, showing you that like, okay, I've taken L's before. I've been battle tested. I've taken hits, and so that was why I was like, you know, let let, let me see if I can stand out and just show folks how you know I've 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 taken a lot of L's before, you know, as well as the wins. And then, okay, you go show me the other guru who make it seem like he's, you know, 20 and 0, and, you know, and, and I can yeah. show you I'm um, 20 and 10, who you going to trust more. Absolutely. You know? And I just want to tell you, like, listen, I've watched, I've watched episodes and I just want to say it's appreciated, man, because like I said, you're doing something that a lot of people aren't willing to do. And I, again, that goes back to adding value. You're, you're giving value to the people who are watching your content, seeing what the reality is, right? Everything's not pieces of cream, man. So it's definitely appreciated. So um, don't want to keep you in here forever. What's the future for, for you and your business? What do you see? What are the things you're trying to get into? What's the future look like? So the future right now is that um, I'm focusing on apartment buildings, Chicagoland area, uh, specifically the South Shore. Uh, right now, I'm in contract for a 33 unit in the South Shore, $1.6 million. We're Dope. about halfway through the process, hopefully close before the year's over. Um, I'm starting a real estate fund, uh, a 506C real estate fund. We're probably going to launch like March 2020 um, for accredited investors. You know, I always wanted to be in that hedge fund space to be able to raise 50, 60, 100 million dollars. That was really my my main dream as far as getting into the finance space. And um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking to kind of go into that sector and just be, you know, one of the few black Americans in this country that has over 100 million dollars assets under management and is in you know, the class A and class B multifamily space, 200 units and up, like only going to be specifically dealing with properties that are 200 units plus. Um, so yeah, I'll be doing a lot in the Midwest because the Midwest has majority of property fit that criteria. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, j- j- just really just look forward to growing the daily hustle and people seeing what that process is like. You know what that's like when I'm starting a fund, when I'm trying to raise a hundred million dollars from people that don't necessarily look like me, that are 20, 30 years older than me, or that aren't based in this country. You know, we're going to be focusing on, on a lot of Asian investors, Middle Eastern investors, and African investors, people that aren't based in this country, but are super rich and are trying to allocate assets to the, the American market and kind of just showing our people what that looks like, what that process looks like, because you won't even get that in business school, even if you go to Harvard or Stanford or Wharton, you know? Mm-hmm. And so uh, I really just want to document all of that from step one to step a hundred and really just allow people to see what it's like, no filter from, you know, from day one. And so that's kind of just me, you know, being able to document what my life is like for the future 
you know, I do want to start a family. I'm 34 years old. You know, I want to start a yeah. You know, my children to be able to kind of see what it was like when their dad was coming up, you know? That's dope, too, because um, also that will give people an opportunity to see someone that looks like us working at that scale, right? So I feel like we need people in all sectors. We need people to do the small single families. We need people to do the multifamilies. We need people to do the stocks. We need people to do the options. We need people to work with, you know, um, billion-dollar funds. We need all these things, right? So I think that's dope to show people that, you know, um, we're, we're not monolithic people. We can do it all. For sure. Um, you know, we have, we have Don Peebles, we have Robert F. Smith. These are guys that are operating at that level. But off the top of my head, I can probably only name like three of them. That's true. Those are the you first know, two to come to mind to me. Like, you know, Don Peebles, absolutely. I want to be able to name 20. Mm-hmm. <laughs> absolutely. As we should, as we should be, as we should, right? At least, at least, at least, uh, thir- what are we, 13% of the population? We should have 13% of that, you know, of that as well, right? So, man, listen, um, this has been excellent, man. Corey, you got any questions or thoughts before we get out of here, good brother? I'm just sitting here amazed at the moves that this man has made in the short time he's been on the planet, man. And I'm glad that you're documenting your process so that the people that that come after you can make make moves and don't have to make the mistakes that you made. You know, a lot of mistakes that people make is because – they don't have a mentor or they not, they not seeing the process and being able to see your process will probably be able to help them not to make the same mistakes that you made. And so I'm, I'm, I'm super, super excited that, that you have a platform where people can see that. Yeah. Yeah. And you, and you told us, right. You thought you gave us a couple of books. You told us about your journey through, um, you know, rich dad, poor dad and his whole series. And that's, we've had about 90% of the people that have been on this podcast, rich dad, poor dad. So I always tell people, regardless of what you think about Kiyosaki, the one thing you can say is that book touched a lot of people. Um, yeah. And you told us about, you know, your parents, your mentors, and also like, um, you know, Jay and uh, Sutha Jay. Um, I chopped it up with Jay a couple of times when he was in Philly, um, doing corner classes. And then, you know, there's a couple of times he was in the city. So he's a good brother as well. But, uh, you know, um, man, listen, we want to wish you much success on everything that you have mo- going on moving forward. Um, you always have a, a platform here you can use if you need for anything when you're raising capital, whatever it may be, man. And we're definitely going to do some work together. We're going to stay in touch, man. But uh, we appreciate your time and appreciate you, you know, being transparent and sharing your story. Appreciate it. I mean, I just want to leave, leave your, your viewers with two more things. Absolutely. Uh, another book that really touched me, it was called The Corner Office is by Adam Bryant. Okay. Um, that book is about running a corporation, whether it's in real estate, a barbershop or whatever. It gave me so much game on how to manage people and, uh, and, and the importance of company culture. Okay. And so that, I, 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 uh, I, I urged everybody to, to pick that up. Um, I actually read that when I was incarcerated. Um, and then another, there's a company I've been working with called PropStream, which is, it's geared towards Real estate, if you're wholesaling, you're trying to fix and flip, or you're trying to get information so that you can, you know, not have to go through a real estate agent or all these other barriers to kind of stop us from getting to know what we need. PropStream, you put in the address, you can pull up all the information on a property anywhere in the country. You put in a zip code, you can find all the cash investors in that zip code, their names, their addresses, their phone numbers. These are all the things that I use to help like my learning curve to be able to, you know, skate through and not have to worry about the barriers that was presented to me. And so people can try that out a seven day free trial at uh, your seven day free trial.com. That's Y O uh, Y O U R the number seven free trial.com. 
And uh, you can check that out. And uh, I just want to leave everybody with that so they can go ahead. Absolutely. And, um, and we'll make sure we share your links, Um, you know, within the description. We'll make sure we put your IG cool. links, your YouTube links and everything so everybody can get in touch with you if they want to reach out to you, man. But again, I just want to say thank you, man. Um, Definitely appreciate it. And good luck with everything you have. And like I said, we'll definitely uh, stay in touch, man. Um, And for our listeners right, out there, you. make sure you, um, you know, hit the like button, share this video. If you listen on Spotify, Apple, whatever it is, to share the content as much as you can. Um, we definitely appreciate all the followers. Uh, all our, We have amazing followers on IG. Um, and salute to everybody that's been flooding the inbox with questions. We try to answer them as fast as we can. Um, but we appreciate all the support. We're going to keep bringing you people uh, like this brother on because they're doing amazing things out there. But as we always say, it's not about how much money you make. It's about how much you keep. Game elevates, and we'll see you guys next time. Peace.